Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel along with John Tromley. And today we're transitioning from the Beatitudes and Salt and Light to actually the keeping of the commandments of God. And this is going to be an awesome episode. I'm glad you've joined us. All right, Brother John, it's so good to see you again. Hello. And, uh, our church, the, if our listeners uh, have really good uh, audio equipment, they may be able to pick up this little humming, buzzing sound in the background, and it's just so that you know what it is. It's all these fans that are out there, and by fans, I don't mean people. <laughs> we have none of those, yes. <laughs> uh, what, what's happening in our church, John? Well, besides it being incredibly windy today, that's not just the wind outside, but yeah, our uh, we the cold weather has brought us... Uh, broken pipes and so we are drying out the church as we speak and so yeah you may hear some humming in the background that's that's uh not do not adjust that's yeah. just happening yeah it's not your audio <laughs> system uh flaking out on you it's, it's our church drying out so that we can have church tomorrow and i'm excited that we will have a very special service and i'm excited that after all these uh, ice storms that have kept us from recording we're back on yes uh, I, I hate missing because I believe it's, it enriches me, and I pray that it enriches you, John, and I'm, oh, I'm confident sure. that it will be a blessing for those listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about salt and light. We talked about that in, in the light of persecution. I loved how we said, you know, uh, sometimes persecution can actually make you salty. Mm. You know, it can be the catalyst that confronts our need to be faithful to the Lord. And now Jesus masterfully moves into a, a segment of the scriptures that is quite controversial right absolutely um, ironically in christendom it's yeah. a uh, it's controversial yeah so why don't you introduce the, the passages for us uh the first ones um so sure. that way we can begin diving in so we are in matthew chapter 5 still uh we're going to look at two verses three verses uh matthew chapter 5 starting at verse 17 it says do not think that i came this is jesus speaking that i came to destroy the law or the prophets I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So that's uh, just two verses. I'm sorry. And then verse 19, whoever therefore breaks one of these. Did we want to go to that as well? Yeah, let's let's just do the the whole first intro. Okay. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men to do so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does not, who does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. We don't need to learn too much Greek, I think, to understand what Jesus is seeking to convey here. Um, I mean, for me, John, this is not Jesus, excuse me, telling us that the commandments are optional, Mm. Um, he's not doesn't sound us. like it. No, <laughs> uh, no. Um, and furthermore, he's putting a quite a stir, a, a strong warning for anyone to even hint at teaching others that it's okay to break the commandments. Right. Mm-hmm. I, 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 am I missing anything, John? I mean, I don't think so. But I guess what it, what this raises <clears throat> right here is, well, you know, right away I hear, I hear the, the, the question of, but it's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. The law. I mean, this, this is anti-grace. Hasn't it been nailed to the cross? Right. This dirty, dirty law that, uh, you know, for some reason, God put it in the old Testament for some reason. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's just so hard to keep, right? Well, I, I, and for some of our listeners that are already 
going that route, we're not going to actually become antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to try to be is consistent. Right. And we kind of talked about this as we were prepping for the, today's episode. And, and as a par- parenthetical statement, we are going to discuss in a future episode, because we will stay here for a while um, on this part of Matthew, that it was Jesus in the Old Testament. Paul mm. tells us that uh, all Israel was baptized into Christ. They all drank from that same rock, intimating that rock that Moses struck, that water flowed. And Paul says, and that rock was Christ. Mm. He doesn't beat around the bush that before the incarnation, um, th- that person of the Godhead was with Israel throughout all of that experience in the Old Testament. And he is the one that met Moses in the burning bush. And he is the one that descended upon Mount Sinai and gave the Ten Commandments along with the rest of the revelation that we have that we call Torah or the Pentateuch. And then, of course, the rest of the prophets. Mm -hmm. Christ gave all of that. It would be difficult for us to imagine Jesus giving something defective, deficient, especially in relationship to the law. So today we're going to try to distinguish what Jesus is saying, what he's not saying, and how do we apply it to our lives? Exactly. You know, uh, we were talking before we before we started here that this this particular podcast could go on for hours. <laughs> and so, don't worry, we, we, we <laughs> don't turn us off yet. Right. But to so so we have to simplify this. And you used a key word, and that key word is consistent. Mm. Is God consistent? Now, I don't know about you, but when when we when you meet somebody and you 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 talk to somebody, a red flag for me is, are they consistent with what they say? Mm. How We want consistency from our, our, our significant others. We want consistency from our friends. We want consistency from humans. Mm. We do, and if somebody's not consistent, we don't like that, right? We don't like when somebody's not consistent. Now, here's the here's the problem: we're never consistent, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But we still would like our, our our friends, our family, those who we keep close to us. We 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 hold them to a to a level of we want them to be we want to be able to rely on them. Mm-hmm. So how much more than why do we even feel that way? Because God is consistent. Yes. Now, most Christians might say, "Well, yeah, we all say that." But then we do this thing where we slice and dice God up in a way mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we take bits and pieces. We don't keep him consistent. That's our problem. That's not his problem. So, uh, again, I think the purpose of this particular podcast, just to simplify this, yes. is to say, to, to show that God is consistent. And he is consistent in that like you said, what he says, he does, mm-hmm. because what he says, he is. Amen. Jesus is describing himself. Right. When when he te- speaks about the law, he's describing his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to spend some time looking at this today. We, we, we're just establishing from these first three verses, a, extracting from it this one element. Jesus does not diminish the importance of keeping the law. Right, right. That, that is so clear there. I, we do not need to go into the Greek. Uh, or the Aramaic, it's, it's as clear as day, pick a translation, it's there. Mm-hmm. So we've established that first point. Uh, Jesus says it is important to keep the law. For salvation, no. But we, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, let's let's jump to verse 20, and I'll, and I'll read that one. Okay. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It says, For I say to you 
that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's interesting that Jesus places that statement when in the Beatitudes, twice he says in verse 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And verse 10, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, mm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now Jesus says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is not contradicting, and I, I love how you brought that concept of consistency. Jesus is not undoing here what he's just said in the Beatitudes. <laughs> right. Um, what he's trying to do is highlight how the Beatitudes, it's another way of looking at the Beatitudes, what we've learned through the Beatitudes. Now Jesus is going to teach that very same thing, but from a different perspective. Right on. And he's going to go with, now let's get to the nitty gritty. This is going to really get the attention of the Pharisees, the, the commune population. Keeping the law was huge for the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. The law was a huge element in the law and the prophets. You know, they, they exalted the scriptures. And Jesus is saying, um, that's good, but not good enough. Right. You want to go into heaven, Jesus would say, your righteousness has to be greater than that of the Pharisees and scribes. Imagine being in that audience and hearing that. Oh, I'm going home. I'm done. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, we were talking about, you know, what would that be like today? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's like me going up to a newly baptized member and saying, oh, by the way, congratulations that you've gotten baptized today. And just to make sure you understand, you will not get to heaven unless your righteousness is higher than mine, the pastor. Mm -hmm. Or going to a Catholic person and saying, you want to go into heaven? Your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pope. Right. Or Mother Teresa, which is the real big one, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They've been crooked popes throughout history. The average Catholic person, if they were to hear that, <clears throat> if Jesus was to say to them, tell me which saint you admire the most, your righteousness has to exceed that saint. Mm -hmm. You know, John, I'll be honest with you, that's highly discouraging. Huge, All right. What do you do with that? Even in, uh, even in uh, outside of church, to say something like that would be. Uh, it, it's even harder for 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 people who have never stepped foot in a church to say that you have to be holier than these people that you've talked about. They would say, "Well, then forget it." That's right. I'm going home. I'm going to go binge on football and, and movies. There's no point. I'm too far gone. How many times have we heard that from people? Right. I'm too. Uh, God can't accept me because I'm too far gone. That is, you know, I'm glad that you're bringing these things up because these these are the things that keep people away from yeah. Christ. You know, this these types of theology that popular Christianity has put out there that keep people from Christ. Well, and Jesus, uh, he is weeding out not people. He is weeding out what will keep people from him. Right. Because Jesus is... Um, masterfully speaking what some of the most loving things a savior could say to a lost human race mm -hmm. uh, and speaking not to pagans he's speaking to individuals that on a weekly basis were at the synagogues uh, and he, he says your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees which of the strictest sect of Judaism and the righteousness of the scribes the scribes were the people that you know, wrote the Bible by hand. And after doing it, you know, a couple of hundreds of times, and they would specialize in certain portions, mm -hmm. 
they were the experts. Right. You know, if you want to ask them where you know Jeremiah says this or where the David says that, describe really, oh, I know exactly where he said. And they didn't have software; mm. they had to do it from memory, and they had scrolls. You know, and they had to know which scroll was, and they didn't have chapters or verses. They need to, they needed to go. You know, it's uh, right about here, and they had to know their thing. Mm-hmm. The average person didn't and no one really had bibles in their homes only the people that in the synagogues they would have portions of scriptures they, they never really possessed all of them if any place had them was the king in the palace in the temple that was the only place that you could find a, a complete uh, a collection of all of the old testament but as far as the average synagogue only portions of it so the average person couldn't even dream of even having a little part of the bible in their homes so people dependent on the scribes, they were mm. seen as these very holy, high spiritual individuals. And Jesus is saying, they're not high enough. Right. You need to go higher than them. Boy, what, isn't that interesting? Those who had um, all of this knowledge that was given to them by God, right? Uh, they had the knowledge, but yet something was missing. And you know, we can fall into that trap today, can't we? Yep. That we can have all of this knowledge and all of this wisdom that we're blessed with. May we never take that for granted that we have these things because we're blessed with them. That's right. And yet, uh, there's something missing sometimes. And Jesus, I mean, I'm glad you highlighted that. Jesus doesn't say, unless your knowledge surpasses right. that of the Pharisees or the scribes, is your righteousness. Mm-hmm. What's righteousness? Right. You know, uh, I'll have to ask you that because you <laughs> are the pastor. You're the most holy, right? Well, so what is? Jesus just me, John, you got to be better than me. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I was going to be able to pass that uh, off. Uh, uh, so righteousness, at least from this passage, John, mm-hmm. Jesus has just told us mm-hmm. in verses 17 through 19, what has been that obvious, uh, pretty clear, clear as day statement is keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandments is an important thing. Don't ever dare to teach anyone to break even the least of these commandments, which that in itself is a statement of which one will be the least one. Mm. There are no least ones. Right. So don't even go there and don't think that, well, you know, the idols for sure, but you can covet. No, for sure you can't do those things. None of the commandments are at the least, so don't teach anyone to break any of them because keeping the commandments is righteousness. Mm. And the Pharisees and the scribes boasted in their capacity, in their ability, their track record in keeping the commandments. So Jesus is in essence doing two things. He's leveling the field. He is bringing down from their high perched uh, place, the Pharisees and scribes thinking we're good. You know, in, in, in some sense, as I, as I visualize that, they putting themselves up so high as far as comparing themselves with the common, you know, Jewish person, they were building their own theological tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. They were trying to reach the heavens through their own efforts. And Jesus has just, you know, demolished that by the statement, your righteousness is not sufficient. Actually, the righteousness of these ignorant individuals, even my fishermen disciples, their righteousness is going to surpass yours mm. because there's something bigger here. And, and if people miss the point, John, we're going to go now into the third section. When Jesus says it is important to keep the law, 
keeping the law is righteousness, and your righteousness has to be higher than the Pharisees and scribes. If anyone missed what Jesus was saying in the next couple of verses, Jesus just gives the uppercut. Pow! But before um, we get there, oh. pastor, <laughs> pastor of a Seventh-day Adventist church, Ooh. I hear I hear blasphemy from you. Ooh, because aren't you, <laughs> aren't you Adventist? Aren't you the ones that are supposed to be keeping the law and and being legalistic about it? Or, you know, I'm, I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I want to bring that out because... Um, there is this misnomer out there, right? Yeah. That that Adventist, you know, in case you're 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 listening to this and you're not part of the Adventist Church, what you're saying doesn't doesn't make sense to what I've heard about these Adventists. Yes. Yes. So here we've repented from that, right? <laughs> and, and and I don't think it was ever really part of it. But what we're doing is again, you know, I'll go back to that word consistency. Mm-hmm. What you've just brought out is the consistency of Scripture. The the Jewish people of the t- uh, of the time, the the leaders of the time, they were missing the righteousness, yes. right? You they know, we're they not could produce that. I'm sorry. They thought they could produce that, right? You know, I get tired of being an Adventist and hearing this. Well, you guys are legalistic, and you know what? We're not that dumb. We don't think that we somehow, because we walked into this building, now we can keep the law of God. Mm. We're not that dumb. Well, we know we need something, right? Yes. And and that's what you're bringing out. But I want that to be tackled. Yeah, let's 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 tackle it, right? We just had the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. let's tackle this. Um, I told you, I shared with you that as pastors here at the Michigan Conference for the past three years, our leadership uh, were heavily convicted and impressed to invest heavily in the focus on the righteousness of Christ mm-hmm. for a reason. They went through a, and again, you, you're addressing both a possible audience that is Adventist and a potential audience that is not Seventh-day Adventist. Right. And a little bit of a history um, that we've had with, with the law, as far as is concerned. Early on, the, our church discovered the Sabbath in the law. Mm-hmm. And through that, uh, the emphasis became in, you know, it is important to keep the commandments, which Jesus does here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and all of the commandments, not just nine of them, ten of them. Because, of course, the point of contention is Sabbath. Right. Um, the, the very influential um, leader... Um, whom we regards to have received the gift of prophecy, and we can talk about that at another podcast, mm-hmm. uh, emphasized strongly, and I remember reading these uh, statements such as that we have in our sermons um, focused so much on the law and so little on Jesus that our sermons are as destitute of Jesus as was Cain's offerings from the blood of the Lamb. Mm. So, And also another one that became my warning sign of we have, we have preached the law to such extent that our sermons are so dry that they are as dry as the hills of Gilboa. Now I've seen pictures of Gilboa and you can google it. There there are deserts. Mm. And a very dry sermon that just focuses on the law does not satisfy the longings of the heart. And what I see is within our Seventh-day Adventist uh, history, we, we have struggled with the same thing that Baptists have struggled with. Methodists have struggled with, the Roman Catholic Church has struggled with, and Judaism at the time of Christ has struggled with. We're not immune to that. The only blessing that we've had is we had a prophetic voice that warned us and brought us back front and center. Mm. Shortly after this, a book, a tiny little book called Steps to Christ was written 
that for me has been a tremendous source of correction and recalibration in bringing this uh, clear into focus. The commandments are not optional. The Ten Commandments need to be kept. We need to teach people that the Ten Commandments, God is a blessing that God has given us, that we receive that blessing when they are kept. Righteousness is keeping the Ten Commandments. And Jesus says, my righteousness needs to exceed the highest spiritual leader that I can think of. My righteousness needs to surpass that. My commandment keeping needs to go even higher than the highest human effort has ever achieved. Right on, right on. And, you know, and, and you know, we talk about the law, um, and when I say we, I mean just Christians as a whole. We talk about the law as if we're almost apologetic about it. Like, you know, I guess I got to keep this thing because it says so in the scriptures, right? <laughs> but I, I often ask people, what, what do you have against the law? I have to ask myself this sometimes too. What do you have against the law? What is so wrong about the law? If you read the law of God, it is, if, if we all live this way, it'd be pretty great, right? Yeah. It would be, it, it is a, it Throw is. Throw away your house keys. Right, exactly. It would be a blessing to live by the law. Now, here's the issue. Again, when I say we're not that dumb, we know we can't. And that's what you're talking about right now. And I think that's where you're headed, too. That's right. Uh, we know that we can't. But does that mean we have that we should give up then? Because oftentimes that's what I hear from other people. I hear that from other Christians that, well, you know, it's really hard to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's not really hard to do. Right. Jesus is saying it is impossible. It's impossible <laughs> to do, right? But my Forget point is, really hard. but my point is, the human. You, again, there's these things that we say as human beings that are you really putting a lot of thought into that? Because we'll say, because Christendom will say, well, it's too hard to do. That's why we, you know the Lord did away with it. And it, and by the way, it is impossible on our own to do. But would you treat anything else that way? You know what else is hard? Marriage. Should we just give up on it? Should, you know what else is hard? Child rearing. Should we just give up on that? No, that ridiculous. If I was to say, if I was to go out to say, you know what? I, uh, this, this child rearing thing was a lot harder than I thought. I'm out. I'm done. Well, that, would that make me a good person? Mm. Not at all. But yet we will say that about the law. And you don't need to have a biblical source to cite, to say, to come to the conclusion that you walking out on your kids will be damaging. Look at society. Right. Look at the effects. I mean, and this is secular psychologists, secular you know individuals that study human behaviors that will say how crucial, how damaging it is for a child to even be just missing one of the parents. Mm -hmm. an, an absent father will cause a tremendous amount of emotional insecurities and damage to the child. Right. Same as any as an absent mom. Mm -hmm. So one thing is to be an orphan. It's another thing for a parent to walk away from a kid. Mm -hmm. So the Bible, the Ten Commandments, are, are, are beyond a difficult. It is impossible, yet they, they hold the key to my kids growing up with their dad and mom and my kids appreciating the mom and the dad and me valuing marriage, right? You know, because in the Ten Commandments, you have this commandment that says you will not commit adultery. Now, isn't that a great way to stabilize society? Because if you don't commit adultery, there's good chance your marriage is going to make it. Probably not. Um, right? <laughs> and if you um, honor your mom and dad, that means that your mom and dad are there. Mm -hmm. So there, there is this within the law. 
a protective element that if you think about it, you would want it. Most most people in the world, you know, they'll go out and protest because someone got shot, someone got, got murdered uh, wrongfully. So society as a whole agrees, just like Paul in the book of Romans. I agree that the law is good, holy, and just. <clears throat> the problem comes when that law reveals that I am not just holy and good myself. Right, right. That's where the problem is. Paul also says that the carnal heart um, is enmity against God, um, does not accept God, and does not subject himself to the law of God. Mm -hmm. The problem is not the law, John. The problem is me. Exactly. That's right. where the problem That's why Jesus is saying, you have built a, a very shiny, beautiful crust over this uh, wound in your soul. And that crust is deceiving you that you're actually keeping the law when you aren't. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus is, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking strong. And we haven't gotten yet to the part where he, he throws that uppercut. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> Matthew chapter, chapter 5 verse 21 says, You have heard that of old you were told, you shall not commit murder. And we can stop right there. Mm -hmm. Let's ask any evangelical, any Protestant, any Christian, any Catholic. What is Jesus just quoted from? Oh my, what has he just quoted from? It looks like the, uh, the, the, the law, which is in the Old Testament. The Ten Commandments. Yeah. And he says, it has been told of you of old. Mm -hmm. Now, who said these words? Who wrote with his finger these words? God, himself. Right? Mm -hmm. Himself. Uh, and whoever commits murder shall be liable of the court. But I say to you, and let's just stop right there with that but. Okay. Jesus is not saying, listen, forget that. Right. You've been told that, forget about it. Mm -hmm. Jesus is not saying, you have been told that. That but means, I'm going to expand that. I'm right. going to zoom in. Mm -hmm. I'm not abolishing. He just told us that. I haven't come to abolish. Right. I haven't come to annul. I've come to fulfill. So you were told, don't commit murder. But I tell you that everyone who is angry. Have you murdered anyone, John? In your whole life have you ever taken a machete and chopped their head off or blew a, a pulled a gun tr a trigger from a gun and take took someone's life i hope you say no i will say no <laughs> amen praise the lord because people been listening angry? no uh <laughs> have you yeah of course right so now the playing field is even mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. here are the pharisees and here are the scribes and jesus has just pow knocked this phony self-deceiving platform upon which they were standing that somehow they had righteousness mm. somehow they were keeping the law of god when in fact they weren't because they got angry mm -hmm. jesus says, but if any of you get angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court and whoever says to his brother you good for nothing shall be guilty before the supreme court and whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into fiery hell. Yikes. Right? Mm-hmm. So anybody who's ever said you're a fool, so anybody who's ever been on 94 here, <laughs> nobody's ever, you know, I, so you're right. So or Christ, watch the political debate. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Christ has made this impossible. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if, if you missed it in the first three statements, two statements, and we'll see more as we get into this. Mm -hmm. Jesus is highlighting how delicate and yet intentional he has to be to un undo our self-deception that somehow we can make it without God. That somehow I can keep the law 
on my own. Right. Which Christianity has um, fallen into two ditches. You know, we already highlighted the struggle that Seventh-day Adventists had, which is not a unique struggle. Um, I, I can go to Baptist churches and I say, do you guys ever struggle with legalism? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Baptist, do you guys ever struggle with legalism? Oh, yeah. You don't need the Sabbath to struggle with legalism. Right. You right. need the law. Right. So all denominations struggle with it. So they're, they're wagging off their fingers to the Seventh-day Adventist church of saying you're a bunch of legalists. You have three other fingers pointing right back at you. Right. We all struggle with it. The Jews struggle with it. The disciples struggle with it. You know, deal with it. You don't have to be in a church to be legalistic by the way. At all. You don't have to be yeah. any denomination. No. <laughs> you, 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 you can just create your own law. Right. And become a legalist with your own law. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, whether it's your law or my law, you cannot. I mean, we talked about this, right? John Lennon created his own law with that song, Imagine. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine there's no countries, no possessions. John, are you keeping your own law? Right. Are you living your own song? Oh, uh, no. Right. The theology of I'm good enough, right, that's out there that people have. Look, I've, I'm a good person. I, you know, I, and, and what do they base that on? They haven't murdered somebody, right? <laughs> they have, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I haven't murdered anyone. I go to work, ultimately, is what they're saying. <laughs> I support my family and I've gone to work. I'm good enough to get into heaven. That's where this theology comes from. I would, I If you ask someone that has murdered someone, it's, the, well, it's not my fault. They right. provoked me. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents or my genetics or right. whatever, society. It's just, so it's just. Well, I murdered only one person. Right. There, there's just this human thing where we can, um, we can justify. We can. Mm, we can come up with these 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 theories. You know, this is the heart of the issue, John. Humans, we're all identical. Jesus is putting everybody in the same playing level field because of the word you said, justify, mm-hmm. self justification. Right. That's Genesis chapter three. Mm. In Genesis chapter three, humanity has just broken the law. And uh, if you ever wonder, you know, the law wasn't given until Mount Sinai. No, the law has always been around. Right. And in Genesis chapter 3, we know that because actually in chapter 4, God speaks about sin. And sin is the breaking of the law. That's one of the most basic definitions that you have in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 8, Adam and Eve hear the sound of the, the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Not because God didn't know. Humanity no longer knew where we were. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. 11. Here it is. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you? Here's the commandment of God. And Adam and Eve have not kept it. They've broken it. Have I commanded you not to eat? The man said, yes, I have. It is my fault. I'm so sorry. (laughs) The woman whom you gave to be with me, self-justification. She gave me of the tree. Self-justification lies at the heart of every good person. Right. Self-justification is what will keep you from Jesus. Being a good person is what will keep you rejecting Jesus for the rest of your whole life. Amen. And Jesus is trying to demolish that because they need Jesus. We need Jesus because he kept the law in a way that you and I 
cannot ever keep it. Right. Period. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about this. Psalms 40 verse um, 8 is a prophecy which Jesus says he would fulfill. I have not come to make void the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Psalms 40 verse 8 gets quoted by Paul in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, verses 5 and um, 7. Um, you can see that that is Jesus being spoken of. And he simply says, um, uh, I have come in the, in the scroll of the book it is written of me. Uh, I love to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. Paul says that that, that expression was, a, was fulfilled in the life of Jesus who came. The, the, the Bible had spoken of him, had prophesied that he, of his coming. And he loved to do the will of God. And what's the will of God? The law. Right. Your law is within my heart. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. He just said that to John the Baptist at his baptism in, in Matthew 3.15. Permit it so that we, we can fulfill all righteousness. Jesus kept the law in its entirety in a way that you and I never can and never will. You know, Pastor Walbert, he was at the retreat we were for pastors just a little bit ago. And he gave this powerful illustration about you need the righteousness of Christ all the time all your life and his basic premise was this um, let's pretend that you John commit a crime mm -hmm. a big one yes lands let's you in pretend jail. that go ahead <laughs> yes let's you know stretch our imaginations right, right, right. John never would <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you end up getting caught mm -hmm. and you get sentenced and after six months of being in jail, and actually this crime you've been committing for quite some time, just happens to you get caught. Mm. You get caught, and now you're going to be in jail for several years. Six months into your sentence, the judge summons you to see how you're doing, you know, and to inquire your parole officer how, how you're doing. And you tell the judge, listen, judge, for the past six months, I haven't committed that crime. Can I go? Right. <laughs> Please. Mm -hmm. Can you show me mercy? I've been really good. In fact, uh, I've been an exemplary prisoner. Can you let me go? And that's the reasoning of many people that they have after their baptism. That somehow the life of Christ covers them just that. You need the Christ to cover your past, your present, and your future. And if you're going to come to the judge with the merits that you've behaved for the past six months, therefore, that atones for the rest of the years in which you've been committing crimes, is even with our own human logic, futile. No judge would say, hold up a second, you mean you haven't bro broken that crime, you haven't committed that crime for the past six months, even though you committed it for the past 15 years? Right. Well, son, why didn't you say so sooner? You're out, mm -hmm. let him off. That's self-justification. We expect God to let us off the hook for five minutes of obedience. Wow. Mm. And self-justification never works because the judge would tell you, um, I think there's a good reason why you haven't been able to commit that crime. Mm -hmm. It's because you, you can't. Right. <laughs> You're in jail. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's useless. And for me to try to come to God with what I term my obedience is the equivalent of a prisoner coming to the judge and saying, set me free because I've been a good prisoner. Right. It's, it's logical and it will never work. So in this podcast so far, hopefully we've been able to establish this point. We'll continue in the next one. You can't keep the law, but you have to keep the law. Right. So we'll leave that in suspense. <laughs> yeah. Where do we go from that? We, we will find out. But of course, you know where we're going. 
you need Jesus. And though it may sound simple, the reason we have 28 chapters in Matthew is because we have a hard time grasping how much you need Jesus in your life. I want to invite you, let him be your righteousness. Until next time, this is Pastor Ariel and John Trombley looking forward to connecting with you again in our next podcast. God bless.